let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions and we're back in your ears once again. Beer is in the glass and we're not alone, are we, Martin? We're not. We have Russ from Amity. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for uh, having me back, guys. Obviously didn't do too disastrous a job last time. So I think you did quite quite a good job last time, didn't you? Yeah, although last time was October 2020, we recently discovered. So I'm sure there's quite a lot to cover. But um, Nothing. Very Zen-like <laughs> period of time. Yes. Nothing has happened. Yeah. <laughs> but before we do that, we have all got a beer in the glass. And um, as, as we do in these occasions... You, you're going to be more the expert than we are, Russ. Do you want to let us know what we're having? <laughs> yeah, so first beer uh, this evening, we've got um, what is effectively now our house pale ale uh, water pistol. Uh, newly uh, changed up. Uh, we've, we'll talk about it a bit later, but um, we've got our new head brewer, uh, Tom Summerscales, uh, who's come from uh, Vocation and then previously to that Kirkstall. Uh, so amazing pedigree. And effectively, what he's been doing is tweaking and tightening up all of our kind of core beers. Um, Water Pistol is a 4.6% uh, juicy, hazy pale ale. Uh, sorry about that, lads. I know it's not exactly your kind of your regular, regular uh, style, but uh, and predominant hop that we're using this is Motueka, which is usually quite limey, quite citrusy. Uh, and the key thing we've kind of done here is add a little bit of mosaic on dry, dry hop to kind of round it out a little bit, just give a little bit more depth to that hop uh, aroma and flavour as well. So cheers. cheers. Can I just pause us there before we actually cheers this one? <laughs> we have got something to celebrate as, as, as well. This is the 400th podcast that we've put out on the Ooh. Beer O'Clock Show feed. So I think that in itself is probably worth a cheers as well. Oh, oh. Cheers, lads. Cheers. Cheers. 400 episodes. Bloody I know, God. right? Because we've had this before, haven't we? And I think we uh, may have yeah. uh, featured it previously, and I definitely had it at the um, at the Tap Room Brew Pub. Mm-hmm. Uh, that lime sort of aroma is, is definitely there that you described. Um, and although, as you noted, maybe not our go-to style, for me, it's a very light, hazy, fruity beer. It's still quite clean. And I think that's something I really like about it. It doesn't have that undercooked, slightly raw vegetal edge to it. It still no. cuts off quite clean. What, what do you think, Steve? I think the, the, the line notes that you mentioned are, are quite prominent for me. And, and I, I think that's helping... To, to cut through that softness. It is adding a, a bit of sharpness um, and, and it does provide just a little bit of bitterness on the on, on, on the finish of it as well. Yeah, I'd agree. I think there's just, just that hint of it rather than it just, um, just dis- dissipating. There is a bit of a cut, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I presume you're, you're pleased with how, it's, how it is now, Russ. Are you yeah. gonna, is he going to stop tweaking it? Have you now... Are you now happy? I, th- I think, um, you know, nothing's ever finished, right? So it's it's never, I'd never say never, but we are really, really happy with how it is. And I think it's pretty clear that customers are as well. I mean, Jubilee weekend, we did 26 kegs of this over the weekend. What about the customers? Yeah, I mean, everyone else, <laughs> they drank a bit, but, you know. Um, That's awesome, yeah. And so just, just remind me, 
How much is in a keg? Uh, you get about 50-ish pints in a keg. So, yeah. That's a lot of one beer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then you've got to think like, okay, that's our top seller. And then lager did really well. And then all of the additional extra stuff as well. So, Yeah, we'll, we'll come on to it. We did see some of the pictures from that weekend and it looked packed. It was insane. Yeah, absolutely crazy. I don't know why they weren't in Birmingham, but that's, you know, we'll put that to one side for <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. Well, they were all, all at Amity, obviously. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. 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 Well, while we're drinking this, let's catch up with what our listeners have been saying about the show. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. Now, as expected this week, We've got quite a few comments to, to, to go through because for those of you that missed the announcement on the last show, we have uh, announced that we're hanging up our headphones, so, so to speak, and that the last show will be on the 26th of July. So a lot of people had a lot to say about that. Now, Martin and I felt a little bit uncomfortable reading through those comments on this week's show because it is all about us. And um, as much as we love talking about <laughs> us and being the centre of attention, we, we felt reading out things that all the nice things that people have said about us was a step too far. So Russ has very kindly agreed to, to cover off Bitter and Linganis for us this week. There are a few, so you might want to get your own beer and, and sit back and, and enjoy what people have been saying about the show coming to an end. Yeah, I mean, just, just purely in... Uh... Uh, show length terms guys you might want to strap yourselves in uh, uh, for this one uh yes so let's kick it off so uh johnny Bearboy at johnny Bearboy. uh despite having nearly a week to process the news it doesn't make it any easier the collab beer name is perfect because as i said the podcast is a legacy podcast greatest to ever do it and going out that way looking forward to those last few episodes Amazing. So uh, Simon Dewhurst at Simo Slot. Uh, great job, guys. Obviously sad to hear the news, but so glad you've been able to go out on your own terms, having brought so much joy to so many people over the last 10 years. Let's make these final few episodes the best yet. Uh, Ronnie Bean at Ronnie Bean. Uh, enjoyed the show and the format with Matt asking some questions and looking forward to sampling your APA. Sad to hear the end of the show. Confirmed it really is the end of an era, but I think I took it well. Fair play to him. Uh, Pete at Hops and Hoops. Uh, you've got a lot. I mean, I'm still on page one, guys. So like I said, <laughs> make sure you are uh, drinking as we go. Uh, I've said it before, uh, but I'll say it again. I listen to a load of big podcasts from the UK and beyond, but no matter what I'm in the middle of listening to, it gets dropped whenever a new episode drops from you. So I'll miss the show immensely. Whatever you decide to do moving forward, be in no doubt that you've built the best online and in real life for those who have been able to make the events community in the UK beer. Uh, points of Brew at Points of Brew. Wow. This was not the news I was expecting today, especially as I was only yesterday singing the show's praises as the gold standard of beer podcasts. To have maintained the quality and build an amazing following over 10 years is a huge achievement. If I'm still here doing this in 10 years' time and can replicate even a small percentage of your success, I'll be a happy man. Uh, Gareth at Barrel Age Leeds, end of an era. 
best to go out on a high though looking forward to seeing what's next steve uh hot culture reference at hot culture ref one uh sorry to hear that you're ending the show i enjoyed listening to it short and sweet fair play to him uh men behaving badly uh, mbb podcast our commutes won't be the same you guys have been the standard we always sought to achieve and we will really miss the show and the amazing content you produce. Looking forward to whatever comes in the future. Cheers, Tom, Mark and Ashley. Uh, Michael at Mike McGrawty. Can't believe the show is ending after 10 years. The original and best in UK beer podcasting and a constant throughout my beer drinking life. Thanks for all the good times. Uh, Matt Curtis. At Total Curtis, just heard the news that the show is to bow out after 10 years of podcasting. The sad news. Thank you, Steve, Martin and Mark, for getting so many people, including me, so excited about beer over the past decade. Here's to whatever's next. Now, obviously, you listeners at home can't see this, but the uh, the guy's face is just progressively becoming redder uh, uh, with lovely embarrassment as I read this out. Uh, Jezza at Bonvu One. Honoured to have joined Stephen Martin twice. Once a memorable six-year Stillnacht vertical and second time to help them drink a load of dusty old shite, as he puts it. Fantastic effort, guys. The beer world will miss the show. Classic episodes for me, those were absolute classic ones. Uh, John Hart at Metal Mother 666, the 666th Metal Mother. Uh, Gutted to hear that the show is coming to an end. Loved hearing Steve and Mark learning about beer when you started. And the last six years with Martin have been great too. I don't know if that's like a backhanded compliment, but I really enjoyed reading that. That was great. Uh, good luck in the future, guys. Uh, Lord Optimus Home at Sparky Wright. Sad times. And although I don't have the time to listen in as regularly as I once did, you were there throughout my craft beer journey and you've always made enjoyable, informative, entertaining and inclusive. Good luck, lads. Uh, Mappy Man at Mappy Man 1. Uh, good luck in the future, guys, and I'll savour the last three shows. I said at my first summer sesh how much your show had brined up these last couple of strange years for beers and pubs. Typical. I join a club and the club folds. Sorry. Yeah, I, I really don't want him to feel like it's personal because it isn't. <laughs> no, yeah. definitely not. Yeah, sorry, Mappy Man. It is your fault. Uh, <laughs> Miles Lambert, at Miles Lambert. The pod has been a massive part of the beer community. I'd argue that the community I've grown to love was almost entirely nurtured by them. I, can't, I just can't see a space without them in it. So firstly, congrats on an amazing six years. Congrats on an amazing 10 years. Massive respect for staying true and honest throughout. I consider both of you as close friends and the warmth of the chat in the show has always helped that. Best of luck to you both. Uh, Hugh, uh, H Yardley 33. Thank you both for bringing me and others lots of superb content. I found Craft Beer and your podcast late autumn 2018, but this podcast has brought a lot of joy and accompanied me on my beery journey. Uh, from Neptune Brewery, at, surprisingly, Neptune Brewery, uh, was a pleasure to be on your show, guys. We've always enjoyed watching what you're up to and listening to your podcast. Cheers. Uh, Matt Calabay, uh, uh, Calabay Matt. Wow, guys, just listening now. 
it really is a massive shame. And I don't know what I'm going to turn to now to fill my Thursday morning commute. You really are the best beer podcast. Relatable guys with many opinions I share. Paul at Ewan RCD. You guys are the best. You've been in my ears throughout my beer journey. I have so many good memories of the pod and three wonderful crawls. However, the best part of the podcast has been the wonderful community. You've built a large number of them. I now call friends. And Mr. SWP 2.0, first one, obviously broken. uh, (laughs) Mr. SWP. I don't have the time to listen as regularly as I once did, but I loved what you guys cultivated when I was in the peak of my beery days. Was always one of the pod highlights. Proper glad I got to be a small part of what you both love doing by voicing my hashtag opinions. Should we give Russ a break there, Martin, to think? He's, he's done very well so far. Spoiler, yes. there's more to come. Yes, but- spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I, and yes, um, I, I, I do feel myself getting slightly rosy cheeked, and we're only halfway through the first beer, or near the end of the first beer, and yet, um, yeah, I'm definitely feeling a bit warm after those first two pages. I have to admit. Yeah, some some, some lovely comments there, but like like I said, we'll hold on saying anything else because there that there is a, a few more coming. Just thought it'd be good to say let 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 Russ have a little drink of the the, the beer that we've been sitting here quietly sipping away while he's been doing all of our work for us. Um, I tell you what, it's easy to sip away, though, isn't it? It's very easy. It's it's very light, very drinkable, um, and and certainly on a weekend like we've just had here in the <laughs> UK, that's you know it's been a warm weekend. I can understand how you got through so many pints of this. Yeah, oh. it, was, it was ridiculous, honestly, absolute madness in the tap. So, do you say it? I mean, remind me, do you do all the beers in different sizes, like for two thirds pints? Yeah, however people feel comfortable drinking that particular beer. If it gets to kind of about six and a half and over, we start basically not advertising a pint. But if someone asks for it, we would do it. But we'd also make a bit of a judgment call as well. So if someone comes in and they're absolutely clattered and they're looking for an 8% kind of pint, we'd sort of go, maybe not. So, um, yeah. No, fair enough. Um, But yeah, I can, I mean, it's, been a nice day today on day of recording um but yeah uh a couple of those warm couple of those warm days it would it would definitely tick a few boxes wouldn't it yeah this this would fly through wouldn't it yeah i can definitely see did you did you get a bit worried that you might run out yeah we we actually did um so uh the weekend after jubilee we had just two three kegs left um but fortunately a a fresh uh double tank batch was just ready to go kegged on the friday so um ready just in time uh uh brewing that is but i mean we talked about this something i didn't really realize until talking to rich uh, my my other business partner the other day and it generally means that water pistol right now is going like a full batch is going every two to three weeks Think about that. That means you're never going to have older beer than three weeks old when you come into the tap room. And I think in terms of the stuff I chatted about, you know, a year and a half ago when I first came on in terms of like serving it super fresh to people. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, that's mission accomplished right there. Um, just through sheer the fact that we can't brew enough of it <laughs> more than anything. Yeah, because that was one of your ambitions. That was one of the reasons to have the brew pub, wasn't it? Yeah was so that it was fresh beer. So like you say, when you're at a tap room, you're having water pistol, 
in print, in theory, the oldest it can be is about 21 days. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You've got to be happy with that, haven't you? you you've, you've got to be happy with that one. Yeah. And, you know, people seem to enjoy it. Like I said, it kind of outsells everything else two to one. Uh, so putting into a 440 mil can, which obviously isn't going to work for every style, but um, for, for this one, uh, we'd previously um, made a huge batch with our friends at Vocation uh, for Beer 52 um in 2021 um so we were still working through a sort of huge batch of that basically um but with tom on board the old package stuff done it was a case of right let's let's do this now it's it's a different recipe it's a different beast entirely to the beer that we brewed at vocation so it felt like we kind of needed to bring everything in house uh, again for for that so so is there a different checking on on tap then there is, yeah. There's two two uh, water pistols now. I've, I've flagged the old one as out of production. It's got the old tap badge um, on there, um, and it's marked as a 2021 beer as opposed to uh, just water pistol as is. Effectively. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, the Excellent. feedback the feedback we were getting in the first two weeks of it going live was like about half a point higher as well than than the old water pistol but obviously it'll average out over time a little bit so yeah 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 definitely and you know i'm sure we might get onto it now that you've been doing the whole amity thing for over a year we might touch upon untapped i guess as well but even <laughs> just as a, as a as an initial thing for you to work with that's some very instant and uh, positive feedback for you and the team isn't it yeah it's amazing yeah great well, I've almost finished mine for some more positive feedback. <laughs> I've, I've, I've still got some to. I've, I've still got some to go. So, uh, probably enough of a break for us there, and yeah. and, and, and time for for us to do uh, a little bit more work with, with with some more wonderful comments that, that that we've got from our listeners. Yeah, strap yourselves in. It's time for me to earn my keep again for another <laughs> another two pages. Uh, the bearded one. At that bearded one. So just listen to this. Still need to try Elite on Sea Beer. So I'll make sure my first one will be Undisputed Era. Amazing name, by the way. Sums up everything perfectly. Sad to hear about the news, but excited for both of you on your progression of being the best people you can be. Uh, Sophie at So Beer Blogger. I can't believe that the Martin and Steve are hanging up the mic. That was the Martin and Steve, by the way. So, you know, uh, but the community that's built up around it will live on. I've met so many great people, both virtually and in person. Thanks to you guys. Cheers and all the best to you both. Uh, Mike McGuire at my McGuire Mike. Mixed emotions. This was my first podcast, let alone a beer one. I certainly don't want it to end, but so grateful for the content. It's been the zeitgeist of beer podcasts. Shame I never managed a beer with you both. Uh, and that's that goes ditto for me, actually. Although, obviously, I've only only had a beer with half of you so, so far and we'll be having another beer with half of you, but not the other half uh, later this year or <laughs> a couple of weeks, I suppose. It's, um, I, I think we're still going to be around. Uh, what? No, <laughs> wait, I, I, I thought it was, um, you know... <laughs> just that it, all uh, together. Take it into existing. the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Uh, Austin at Beer Tweeting. Uh, getting a bit emotional here. 
I'm off to a really cool beer fest this weekend, which I only learned of via beer Twitter. And the only reason I joined Twitter some months back was to engage with this show and the community it created. Justin Mason at 1970s Boy. To Martin and Steve, there's only one thing I have to type. Cheers, guys. Uh, Utopian Brewing at Team Utopian. It's been a blast. Top 10, fellas. We'll miss the pod, but hope you'll still make our Zoom launches. And with no pods to record or edit, we'll have more time to come out for a beer. James Gillen at JM888G. Gutted to hear the news. I'm not sure what I'm going to do now. It's all right, mate. I mean, you know, it's okay. Uh, Your output has been fantastically consistent for the past 10 years, and you've been the first podcast I've looked out for in all that time. I may not post much, but I feel like I've very much shared your journey. Malt Travail at Malt Ale. Uh, to the podfathers of Beery Pods, uh, we thank you and wish all the best for your next adventures. You truly have been an inspiration and standard setter for so many like us who have followed you to the mics, spreadsheets, and laptops. Cheers, James. A lot of spreadsheet action. A lot of spreadsheet action. Bob Maxfield at Bob Maxfield. Uh, we've been on the beer journey with you from raiding supermarkets to the visits to tap rooms. We were reminded of the wonderful community you've built during the summer sesh. The show will be missed. I'm sure the community of friends will remain. Ian Hay at II Hay. I think most folk have said what needs to be said, but only just listened and wanted to say a big thanks for the many years of superb shows. I've made many great friends through the show and appreciate each and every one. Thank you both. We're on the last page now, lads. Don't worry. It's okay. Uh, Wayne Little at Glaws Wayne. Just listened to the show and was absolutely gutted, but fully understand the decision. You've been there through my beer journey today and will be missed. And then out of Twitter comments, the most appropriate person to finish off Twitter comments is, of course, Andy Parker uh, at Tabamatu. Finally caught up on the latest show and the news that the 10th upcoming anniversary show will be the last. What an achievement, not only in terms of longevity, but also for making Beer Twitter a better place and building a great online community. A community that spilled over into helping to create and nurture meaningful real-life friendships, and in my case, supporting from very early days and helping to launch and promote my business. Huge respect and thanks to Steve and Martin and Mark. Uh, so you got a few uh, comments on direct message too. So from Sheffield Hopcast, uh, at Chef Hopcast. Hey, gents, not the news we were expecting to hear today, but just wanted to say best of luck for the future, Martin and Steve. I'm sure this won't be the end. It's been great having you in our ears for so long. And more than that, getting to know you and collaborating over the years. Thanks for all the support for our pod over too. It's much always appreciated. Cheers, Adam, James, Laura, and Sean. Be nouveau at Be nouveau. Sorry to hear you guys winding the show up. It's been brilliant over the years. Will Watkins at Dry Your Beers. Hey guys, just saw the news you're ending the pod soon. Sorry I haven't listened much since COVID, the lack of a commute, and various other factors, but just wanted to say it was always absolutely brilliant. I used to wait with bated breath for every second Thursday. I've never heard another show that comes close to being as engaging and interactive with their audience. And then um, 
one one last comment from the website and, and then I'm going to hand over to Martin, I think. So listened to the latest show on Friday and I have to say that the news completely ruined my weekend. <laughs> Oops. Again. See what you've done. See what Sorry. you've done to everyone, guys. <laughs> Absolutely shocking. Uh, I've been listening since 2016 and did the same as lots of other people and went back to listen to the whole back catalogue. You've been with me through my whole craft beer journey and the podcast has been something that I've looked forward to every week or fortnight. Over lockdown, don't think you could ever underestimate how important your show was in keeping your listeners' spirits up and I'll always be very grateful for that. I think the key to your podcast was that it felt very much like being part of a conversation between friends, particularly during the period where the podcast began by dropping into your conversation partway through. So the end of the podcast feels like I'll be losing touch with two friends, but I just wanted to say thank you for all of the joy you've provided. If you do ever get the itch to put together any specials or one-offs, I'll certainly be here ready for them. And that's from Chris on your website. Over to Martin. Russ, firstly, thank you ever so much for reading those comments out so eloquently as well. So really appreciate you doing that for us. It's, it was definitely easier than me and Steve reading them out. So thank you. <laughs> um, couple that I want to read out. So one is from a colleague and friend of mine at work, Barry Smith. Um, and he sent me an email through work. Sad to hear about the demise of the podcast, but great that you both seem happy with the decision and are going out on a high. I only discovered the show during lockdown, so I am a bit of a Johnny come lately. But as soon as your podcast entered the rotation, it never left. The highlight for me, after a bit of digging in the back catalogue, was the Back to the Future Films edition. A classic for gents of a certain age, thanks for all the time and effort you both put in. There's not, not a great amount of love out there for the opinions <laughs> on film series, but it's 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 nice when we do get the odd comment, especially the Back to the Future one. So I think I think that's possibly the one that, uh, apart from when we did the the Avengers um, Infinity War towards the end, I think that was the one that we probably most invested in because it's a film that we both love, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we had it on, but we could have done it. We could have reviewed it without the film in the background, to be honest, Steve. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And um, I know we read a uh, comment out, but Mike McGuire sent um, a, a very nice personal DM to us. Just had to reach out and say thanks for the last 10 years of entertainment. The next you show for me was some of your best work. You guys have an absolute knack of allowing a conversation to flow. And that came across so well with Les and Julie. Being deployed in the military a lot means I don't always get to be near Liverpool. Yet that episode made me feel like I was in the room sharing a pint with you all. The infectious scouse laughter and banter was quite emotional for me. So thank you guys so much for that. Your show will have a lasting impact on so many people. Enjoy whatever you decide to get into next. You'll smash it as you have done with the show. One day I'll get to have a pint with you boys. Until then, thanks so much. You've ticked all my boxes. Just some uh, truly humbling comments is, is, is all I'm going to say that, that, that we've had. In, in reaction to, to the news that, that we're finishing. And we are so very grateful to, to every single person that took the time to, to, to send us either a message on Twitter or privately or comment elsewhere. And I, I, I just, I think we've tried to capture them all on, on, on this, this week's show. We know we've missed some out and some have been missed out on purpose as well, because 
we've got some people that have already signed up for the final show. So we, we, we didn't include your comments this week because we thought you'd probably want to have that moment on, on the final show. But thanks to, to all of you. So if, if we have missed out your comments, what we've done is we've put together a Twitter moment, which captures all of the comments that were made on Twitter. And that's um, available now on, on, on Twitter. There's a link in the show notes. If you want to have a click through on that, you can see all of the wonderful comments that our listeners have made about the show. Russ, thank you so much um, for taking the, the time to, to read through those comments for, for us. As Martin said, so eloquently as, as, as well, and in such a calming way, almost soothing, helped uh, help soften the blow that, that we were receiving as you were going through those comments. There are just, um, or oh, there's just one more comment that I haven't included that, that much like Martin wanted to read out a couple of those comments. There's one comment I, I wanted to read out, and this comes from Richard Taylor. Not that one. But the, the other one, the, the more famous Richard Taylor. So Richard Taylor, who's at the beer cast and truly, I think somebody mentioned it in one of the comments in terms of calling us the pod fathers. But I, I consider personally, that's what I consider rich. He was the first to do a beer podcast in the UK. And he had a very good run at it in terms of the number of years that he had to go at it. So this comment coming from him does mean so much to me and he simply says a decade is such a long time in podcasting amazing work and it's also hard work and thanks for putting out so many great so many great episodes the best UK beer podcast out there now like I say that coming from Rich means so much to me and and I'm really really grateful to to, to Rich for taking the time to, to make that comment just two final comments I want to make as, as well. Firstly, there were a couple of comments, and thank you, Martin, for this, coining the phrase, the Ross of beer podcasts. So thanks to both Lou on Brew and Mark Johnson for picking up by, on that. And I just want to say that is absolutely not becoming a thing. Okay, that really isn't becoming a thing. You just uh, what you watch that escape into <laughs> hashtagdom. Oh. Uh, over the next uh, next few days, you know it will. I know, I know, I know, but it's it's not a thing. It, it really isn't a thing. And and then finally, also uh, a mention for Dazzler at the real Dazzler because because I promised him he would uh, because he was very eager eyed. So we almost spoil the <laughs> news of the announcement on on the, the podcast that we were finishing uh, when we were recording at Leon C. I put a picture up and it had the show notes underneath a beer of glass and you could clearly see on the show notes the beer podcast is coming to an end and he picked up on it and he commented publicly on on twitter so i had to very rapidly delete that picture and send him a dm and say please delete your comment that you're not supposed to know that until tomorrow so um dazzler well well done for for being so eagle-eyed and spotted spotting that and um spotting my mistake as as well and and thank you for granting our request to um to take it down as well we really did appreciate that so thank you while Russ was going through the second part of the comments there, I did finally finish my walk to pistol. So it's probably time to, to move on to the next beer. Russ, this is an, a, another beer from, from Amity. Do you want to introduce this one? Yeah, as we get um, into yeah we, um, we, we sort of, uh, we started talking about this show, or at least I started messaging Martin about this show. Um, four or five months ago, I had That's a bit of an well. idea about what to do. So this is kind of a show of two halves in terms of beers, I would say. So um, the beer we're drinking now is Amity IPA, 
Um, so we did, uh, it's, it's still part of what we're calling an evolving series. Um, and the idea was that we wanted to get to a recipe that would eventually become our house IPA. Um, and we, we kind of have done that, but it's almost a tale of two halves as well in itself, because the beer itself, uh, the malt base, the yeast, the, um, the, the water profile, everything there is kind of where we want it to be. The only thing we don't want to be stationary is the hot varieties that go into it. So uh, this time around, it's got a huge charge of Nelson, um, but there's um, also some Amarillo, some Simcoe and some Mosaic in there as well. Um, and that will keep changing. So every version of the IPA is going to be different, but it'll always be as consistent as possible elsewhere in the recipe. Um, yet uh, five point, where did we land? 5.7 with this one. Um, and the key kind of thing about this one is that it's a Kavik or a Kvike, depending on how you say it, uh, IPA. So um, Scandinavian farmhouse yeast, uh, burns really hot through fermentation, uh, but it chucks out a load of amazing peachy kind of flavors and, and aromas with that as well. And then the hops just kind of naturally add um, a lovely, uh, in this case, uh, with the Nelson, a lot of gooseberry, maybe a little bit of a white wine character as well. Um, so it's, although it's incredibly hazy, almost opaque, I would say really, it's not a New England IPA in any way, shape or form. It's it's juicy, but it's tangy. It's controlled. It's, yeah, quite uh, delicious. Uh, but that's my opinion, of course. Uh, highly biased. I think you're being really generous with the use of the word hazy. This this is this is murky. This is yeah. as, this is as thick as anything, or it looks as thick as anything. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's past the hazy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, the aroma was amazing when I cracked open the can. I mean, the 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 fruit flavors you already noted were just leaping out and stuff. Um, but further ado, should we tuck in? Cheers, 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 guys. And what's funny is that Martin actually had the version two of this beer uh, when when you came up to uh, to see us last summer as well. I might, had, I might have had more than one. I think we all had more than one. <laughs> but, but not 26 kegs worth. No, no. Uh, it's not like they weren't trying. Let me yeah, tell we, you. Gave, we, we gave it a good go, to be fair, me and my mates. Um, <laughs> God, that's quite dry, actually. In fact, it's um, drier than I expected it to be. Um, I, I mean, yeah, it's... It probably is neither an east or west coast to me. One of these, uh, what do they call them? North, south, no, or no mid, midwest? Mountain, mountain, mountain IPA, yeah. Um, but it's got, again, bags of aroma and fruity flavors. Um, but let, I mean, me and Steve don't always agree on our, our hazy tropical ones. What, what's your thinking, Steve? It's a little bit bit sweet for me and initially you get quite a lot of like like natural fruit sweetness coming off of it and that's that's a little bit there's a little bit of a zing to that as, as, as well just sort of like tickling around the tongue it does it does give way to some really bold sort of tropical fruit notes as, as it heads towards the finish and then I, I do agree that it is a very dry finish on on that and that that dryness almost takes away from the need of needing 
too much bitterness on that finish because the, the, the dryness is kind of giving you the finish. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think it's, I, I know what you're saying about the sweetness. There's definitely, it's, it's definitely sweeter than the water pistol, isn't it? Up yeah. front. Um, the dryness, I think, helps even it out. If it had, if it was still sweet to the bitter end or the not so bitter end, um, I think that might be a struggle to get back in again at times, at least um, for, for my for my palate as well. Um, so when you say it's going to carry on evolving, Russ, so like you say, your 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 base, it's it's the hop variety which is the evolving part of it. But will you always be still trying to have that uh, fruit forward element to it, or will sometimes it maybe take a bit more of a dive toward west, back to east? somewhere in the middle or you see how the hops lead you yeah i think for for this particular beer it's it's where the hops go uh, the nature of the kvik yeast is that it's always going to be very fruit forward in terms of flavor and aroma um and i think that when we want to do a west coast you should do a damn west coast you shouldn't funny about with um you know kvik yeast and, and trying to make it that kind of intense citrus piney kind of resinous thing you know the there's better beer styles to achieve that with. Um, I think for me, this is, it's almost like an amped up and a nice halfway house between where water pistol lives and then double IPAs or big West coast IPAs as well. So it sits really nicely in our range um, in, in terms of the kind of beers that we, we want to do. Uh, and we want to be, known, you know, we talked about this before, but you know, we're not a double IPA house. We'll do one occasionally, but it's it's not really what we're there uh, no, for. No, I think that's what you alluded to when we spoke to you before. But obviously, when we spoke to you before, a lot of it was a, a dream. <laughs> Still with us. Yeah. Um, in some weird bit where we're coming to the end of like summer and autumn, and we were about to hit the headwinds of the uh, the big the the second big lockdown. So, yeah. you know, we know that you a lot of people will be aware that you've obviously done the crowdfunding. Sure. But perhaps before we leap into that, how's the first year or so been for you? Yeah, I mean, exactly as you said, you know, last time we chatted was um, October 2020. Um, and uh, do you remember tears? That's what we had at that point, right? Yeah. Uh, so we were we were heading into, um, well, we were teeth tier three up in Leeds and um, the plan was to be downgraded to tier two so that we could do, you know, big scotch eggs and, uh, and beer uh, table service, but obviously sadly not to be, and then straight into a lockdown again. So it was, um, it was gutting, but I think the biggest thing for us was how the community came out and supported us. You know, we were, um, we were doing takeaways, you know, uh, beer in, like plastic jerry cans and then loads of cans uh, to take away. And yeah, they just kept coming week after week after week, us slinging cans in the snow um, all the way up to April when we could finally open on the terrace. And again, it was brisk, uh, but people did it, right? And uh, yeah, throughout the whole of 21, restrictions lifting gradually uh, again and again, you know, it's, I've been blown away, been flabbergasted really by people uh, and how they've come to support us and, and they keep coming every week. <laughs> yeah. Bearing in mind, perhaps again, maybe just refresh everyone about where you sit ge geographically yeah. in terms of say Leeds. Yeah. So we're, 
it's a it's again it's it's quite an odd one because we feel like we're out on the fringes really uh we're in northwest leeds in in farsley uh brilliant little suburb of leeds where it has a very independent and community minded spirit i would say there's not many chains in the suburb itself it's it's in the in the main it is independent businesses so there's amazing pizza there's amazing um fried chicken there's great texas barbecue place that operate within the mill where the brewery is um yeah lots of eateries that are absolutely incredible and it's also full of a population of people that probably are now not as keen on traipsing into town to satisfy what they want and in fact because we're on our their doorstep now they you know they they don't need to do that um so we're in a great little part of Leeds that is very much um, community-minded, um, um, and yeah, you know, now that we're, you know, since since January twenty-one when we started actually brewing on site, I think that was the the unlock for a lot of people where they they were like, oh my god, we finally got something on our doorstep, um, which which really worked for them. I think throughout twenty-one um, when all the restrictions were lifting. We just saw it week after week, you know, uh, better and better weeks at the, at the tap room. Um, and people enjoying the fact that it wasn't a cold and clinical warehouse. You know, this was a really lovely space to just sit down and, and enjoy and quite cozy in the evenings and the terrace itself, you know, really sort of oh, the, weird. The, the outside space is wonderful. Um, and the view from Thank it as well, because of the other the other buildings of a similar nature as well. And there is a little bit of a view over the uh, the hills as well, isn't there? If you get the back, if you sit in the right place, there's a bit of a, a nice backdrop behind Very the mills. So. As yeah, well. I mean, so, yeah, I, I I understand that. It's definitely, you know, we've all done a fair share of industrial estates over the years, <laughs> and I won't knock them because that's where the space is. Absolutely. Um, and some of them have made some fantastic uh, spaces there. But yours is definitely goes into one of the unique categories, I would say. Yeah. And um, you alluded to the crowdfund. So we, we did that at the very start of this year, um, finished that up at the end of March. And yeah, we, we overfunded by 150% of our stretch target, um, which was insane and amazing uh, to, to achieve that. So we with the crowdfund money, we're, we've ordered new tanks because we, we're absolutely throttled on capacity. Um, we are going to start our barrel programme, um, which we're looking at a mixture of uh, both barrel-aged stouts and barrel-aged sours as well. Uh, and the terrace that you've just mentioned, uh, we're going to get some permanent cover out there, some heating, um, but it will all tie into the mills that we're in as well. So it's, it has to be, it's part of a conservation area. So it needs to look in keeping with what, what we have there as well. Yeah. It, it sounds like an, an, an amazing space and I've, I've not had the joy of visiting yet, but it is on, it is on my list of things to do with my upcoming enforced retirement. So <laughs> I, it's certainly a place that I, I, I will be looking forward to getting to Russ. Yeah, man. I mean, you're always welcome, obviously. And uh, we mentioned it earlier, but uh, in a couple of weeks' time, from point of recording, uh, it's our second birthday, which is unbelievable to think of since we first launched online. Um, so we're holding a, a festival 
none of us have ever planned one before. So let's see how it goes. Uh, it could be a disaster, but probably not. Um, well, I'm hoping not. Yeah, I hope not too. I'm hoping uh, not as I'm turning so. up on the Saturday. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's that's going to be uh, probably our, our next big step. And uh, we've invited down basically uh, 11, 12 breweries that we've collaborated with over the past two years. Um, so there's Fierce, there's Northern Monk, there's Round Corner, of course, uh, our beloved friend Combi. Um, you I know, can't get, I can't get rid of him at the moment. I keep bumping into him. <laughs> <laughs> um, Leeds locals uh, like Horsforth and Nomadic um, and Anthology. Um, uh, Kirkstall, of course, who helped us to can uh, in the early days. And yeah, so it's, it's going to be brilliant just pouring the people that we've got those brilliant relationships and friendships with um, o- over that weekend. Um, and yeah, it's so that that's kind of the culmination of, of this year. Um, but we've had so much kind of exciting stuff, obviously our new brewer joining, joining us, um, taking a lot of the operational uh, side of things from me so that I can focus a bit more on where we go next. Um, we actually pay off our brew kit next month, which after 18 months is as quick uh, in order in order to do that. And uh, Rich, who's actually working three days a week at vocation at the moment, he's going to be joining us full time from hopefully September. So, you know, it, it's been a, a brilliant couple of years, um, especially from a team perspective where um two of our bar team and now our marketing assistant and brewery assistant as well. So we're trying to promote from within and make sure everyone's going to stick around for the long haul and, and feel part of what we do um, as well, which is exciting. Yeah. In that time, you've not really held back, have you, in terms of the, the, the beers that you're producing? So I was, I was just using the Oracle that is untapped to, sure. to, to have a look through through your beers. And you've done, it's, it's telling me you've done 35 different beers yeah. in, in those two years. So that's, that's not... Yeah, I, I suppose um, some of that was a victim of lockdown. Um, and what I mean by that is we had to keep giving people reasons to keep coming back to us you know, every, every week, every couple of weeks. So we literally sort of did pin the tail on the dartboard kind of style of beer styles. You know, it was a case of, right, what's going to be exciting? What's going to be new? What's trending? What's fun? Or what do we just want to give a go to, you know, what, what's going to be really fun and interesting for us. Um, so yeah, we cracked through a lot of styles in, in our first year Um but that's not to say that we're done yet as well. For example, we've never properly done a sour, uh, much to uh, Steve's chagrin. I'm, I'm afraid yeah. that we're going to be doing one pretty soon. But um, yeah, we've got um, because we've got Tom on board, we've got that amazing breadth of experience in styles that we'd previously not tackled. So he's coming in to, to help us with that. And then also, uh, and this is where you're, well, eyes light up both of you. Uh, cask beer uh, is going to uh, start making an appearance on the on the Amity boards uh, very soon. So, just just at the tap room. Just just at the yeah, brewery. So just it's going to be like start. an exclusive for people that come to visit. You'll yeah. be able to get to experience your beer on 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 cask. Yeah. So just to start with, we, we've gone in real easy. I'm sure Martin will enjoy this, but we've currently got 
a single cask of water pistols sitting in our cellar that is going to be going live on the Friday uh, evening of our birthday weekend. So uh, if after 60 odd, 70 pints, if that doesn't disappear on the uh, Friday evening, then, you know, it, it might be there for the Saturday, but once it's gone, it's gone. And, um, but yeah, the, the plan is to have a, a bigger cask offering in the future. Yeah. And, and assuming that the cask will be served properly? Uh, through, uh, as our Lord intended, through a sparkler. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, just, just checking. Yeah. Just, absolutely. To, just to make sure, just for the, uh, doing that important check for all of our <laughs> listeners. I'd, I think I'd be hung. I mean, I'm in Leeds, mate, so it has to, in a way. But no, it's um, we've got a beautiful little side pull cask um, uh, tap that's going on our back bar, but it is served through a sparkler. So, yeah, it's going to be absolutely delicious. Uh, a little bit cooler, perhaps, because it's going to be served at cellar temperature, which for us would be around about 10, uh, maybe sort of 8 to 10. Um, but that's maybe more of a personal thing where mm. I, I actually prefer, prefer a slightly colder pint of cask. I'm not sure um, you'd want water pistol to be much warmer though. Would yeah, you? exactly. You know, it just doesn't serve, sort of suit that style, I yeah. would say. So what you expect, yeah. so fingers crossed, when I get there early enough on the Saturday <laughs> and it hasn't been drained the night yeah. before. Yeah. Um, what are you hoping to get different from the cask version versus uh, the, the tap version, the keg version and the can version that we used to? Yeah, I think um, even through a sparkler, you know, it's going to be very lightly sparkling, obviously, but I think just it'd be so interesting to see what the body uh, will be like um, served, served on cask. I, I'm fascinated to see how that beer is kind of received, really, more than anything. You know, we've we've done beers in the past that are probably going to make a reappearance as cask. So uh, if you remember our launch, we did Red Lane, which was a ESB. And we think we're only going to bring that back again as a as a cask beer. I think it'd be a perfect beer for cask. Oh yeah. But, um, and then oh, maybe I remember best... we did that on a show. You sent us some of that um, yeah. uh, as part of your launch pack. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, uh, maybe a month or so before I came on, but um, yeah, we did. Um, and then Bessie, which is our milk stout, which again, like I think, would be absolutely fantastic. That's not, um, that's not the one that my couple of my mates decorated your outdoor flagstones with, is it? <laughs> yeah, I think so, actually. I'm not sure. Um, uh, apologies for that again. Yeah. <laughs> Liabilities. Um, but then then also Tom Tom's talking about doing nitro beers as well. Um, which, Ooh, that one, yeah. that one on nitro would work. Be brilliant on nitro. That yeah. one that one would work. What about Ooh. what about a traditional best bitter? Yeah, I mean. That's that's the thing. I mean, we can kind of do anything. Um, it, there's there's nothing to stop us from doing it because we're so small. There's a lot of flexibility there as well, and especially when our new tanks arrive, it's going to allow us to brew twice a week as opposed to one plus something a week. So um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna help us massively on on not just making sure that water pistol volume is there for people whenever they want it, but also it's going to help us to put a few more specials out there as well, which is great. And uh, we've got, um, uh, we did a beer with uh, Attic, who you guys were at, obviously, for Summer Sesh. And um, 
uh, they were up for Hop City Week, so we we did um, double dry hop New Zealand Pale with those guys. Um, so that's out this week. And then uh, your friends of mine, Thornbridge, uh, were up the other week as well. So we have actually done a, a double IPA uh, with them, and it smashes together both uh, Water Pistol and Green Mountain, uh, but then amps up the ABV to 8%, and that will be out just before Amity Fest, Martin. So well, it's going to be it's going to be a long journey back from Farnsley <laughs> to Leeds to London, yeah. to especially, Essex. especially if you're on a train because you yeah. you know there'll be delays. Oh, yeah, because uh, my meta power. Yeah, you affect trains. <laughs> Russ, you're almost two years in. Then, yeah. so t- two questions: Are you are you happy with, with with where you are? And and I suppose the second part of that is: Have you? met your expectations so you would have you've, we would have put together a business plan at the start and is, is this where you wanted to be or have, or have you far exceeded that i suppose the number one question first which is am i happy uh, when when is russ ever happy um well you've yes. done nothing but smile on the other end of the <laughs> of, of our screen this evening <laughs> yeah i mean i'm ecstatic um i guess when I left North um, in 2019, nobody knew what was around the corner, right? And that could have gone south pretty swiftly. Um, and it was an unknown period of time for everyone, not not just us and, and what we were doing. But um, I think we kind of we're all feeling a bit more out the other side now. And there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of excitement, and it feels pretty great to um be steering it uh and and um yeah feeling very optimistic about what we do next and that's that's a huge part of what we're talking about right now a huge part of what we we're talking about um but in terms of expectations i mean yeah you you know you do a business plan and you reforecast and all that thing but it was really interesting because me and rich were looking at our original business plan um the other day and we're already doing more than we thought we would in year two uh than we thought we'd be doing at the end of year three is that Um, in terms of sale and volume or both a bit of both yeah yeah um obviously but the percentages of where it goes is very different to to what we forecast very different because we kind of thought by now we'd have been able to turn on trade a lot more and get to businesses and restaurants and pubs and things like that and the the fact is is that the tap's scooping everything up uh and and that's what the new tanks are gonna let us do is is actually put a bit more out there to trade which we want to do so it's really interesting you look at breweries that opened in the pandemic or early just just before breweries like beak for example fantastic beer but they almost had that 180 to us in that they went straight to trade with cans from from the off um whereas it took us about a year in order to do that so we've had a much slower uh, journey into uh, getting noticed i would say elsewhere it's not a problem it you know i'm happy with really slow growth it's fine because it means that we're not fighting fires all over the place. I'm not having to worry about 
you know, making sure that orders are fulfilled and, and all that kind of thing. It's, you know, we have a certain amount that goes to trade and we're really happy with it, but I just personally like more beer to go out there and sell. Um, but we, we're not there yet and that's okay. Like it's, okay with it. it's not a bad position to be in, is it? That, that, that your tap's Absolutely. taking up all of the beer that you brew. No. If, if, if that wasn't the case and you wasn't getting into trade, I'm guessing you wouldn't be smiling quite as much. <laughs> well, this is it. I mean, Think, think about that from that opposite way. Let, let's say that 60% plus of your beer has to go into trade. Now, that means that I've got to be out there selling it all the time. And that's, you know, what if they don't buy? You know, that's it's a lot more of a stressful journey, I would, I would say, um, than, than, you know, having this brilliant community that keeps supporting you every week. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, trade is that fickle mistress in a, in a weird way in that you know you know there's certain periods that are going to be busier than others you know there's going to be quieter periods than others but there's also new breweries opening all the time and you're never going to be you know um you're never going to be thought of as the the next new thing all the time it's you know it's gonna it's gonna affect you in the long run so i think what we do really well is that we do very classic styles and uh, it's great for people to return to that rather than just, you know, you have to do a beer with Citra, Mosaic, Simcoe, and then you have to do a beer with Mosaic, Citra, Simcoe, and then you have to do a beer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's... <laughs> it, it does seem to be the one the one thing. I mean, yes, the community clearly supports you. We have we have a lot of listeners that, that, that are up your way, and we, we know how much they wax lyri- lyrical about how great you are. You spoke earlier about how, you, you know, just the crowdfunding went way above your expectations. So clearly people want you to succeed. And that, that community spirit does kind of expand. And much as you did for us earlier, Russ, I, there's, a, there's a comment that I'd like to read out to you, which I, I think you might quite enjoy. And this is from Dan S on Untapped about one of your beers called Fuels. Oh, uh, oh don't do this. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to, because <laughs> I, I saw your reaction to this on Twitter, and I just, <laughs> I've just seen your comment underneath this check-in as well, and it's hilarious. But this check-in's brilliant. So uh, it simply says, with no hyperboil, this is probably the best parallel ever made, 4.25. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd love to know how some people's internal rating systems work. Your your reaction to that is, is simply best ever, 4.25, and then a load of high fives. <laughs> that, that, that's, just, that's just a little bit of a poke at you, mate, because I, 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 like I say, I saw your reaction online, but does, does that sort of thing bother you? Yeah, I think, I think we said earlier, it's... Um... Oh, early days that would have really got to me like super like taking it super personally but at the end of the day people rate how they rate i don't have to make sense of it and let's face it there's uh instagram and, and twitter feeds like don't drink beer and uh all, all that kind of stuff who poke fun at these kind of people. Uh, I, I mentioned another, there was a guy who essentially said he'd take a, a can of Sunnybank with him to his grave, that it was such a great beer, and then he rated it 4.5. I'm like, what is a five to you? Like, what is wrong? Um, but the, the, the thing is, is that everyone rates on their own scale. It's all completely subjective. You will never 
uh, especially with untapped, you're never going to enter into something where everybody knows what they're talking about. And that's okay. Um, people, people will always be uh, very subjective. Um, I'm, uh, I'm just checking through Dan S's ratings. So, <laughs> oh so I'm, I'm now What's he rated a five? That's what we want to okay, know. He's, he's rated 12 beers a five. Uh, a lot of them are stouts. Particularly are. Imperial and Double Stouts. Yeah, um, yeah, so. there's, there's one that uh, might come as a bit of a surprise to you, considering he only rated Jaws at 4.25 and it was the greatest pal owl ever made. He uh, rated Pintle by Burnt Mill a five. Fabulous beer, though. I, I've rediscovered Pintle recently and I seriously don't know where that beer has been in my life for the last <laughs> couple of years. Isn't that a pale owl, though? It is a parallel, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I mean, to be fair, I mean, to be fair to Dan, but you score it at the time, don't you, as well? Of course you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But equally, I would say that, yes, the scoring that sometimes I think the scoring doesn't always match the comments, but that is a very, very favorable comment that Dan made about the beer. That's probably also okay. worth more than where his thumb decided to stop on the phone when he's doing the scale and couldn't quite. <laughs> Go as far as the five. I know. I know that feeling. It's very hard yeah. to go go as far as the five. Um, so I get I get that completely. But I think the comment um, is definitely one to be to be pleased with. But I can understand. Well, the only time I've really done it is when Red Dancing came out, <laughs> <laughs> well, and we checked through. Then we checked through every check-in, didn't we? It launched at the Leeds International Beer Festival and, and, and we were like, we're like, oh my God, we're not there uh, and we haven't tasted it yet. So we need to see what people are saying about it. It was tasting delicious at that festival, guys. So, cheers. Very cheers pleased us. to hear it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, there's been a couple of times. And so, what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's just on the one, that's just on the one beer we were barely involved with <laughs> so goodness this knows what it. i'm going to be like when the next one comes out as we yes, were. Oh, it's going to be even worse i think because we 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 actually brewed that we actually had yeah. stuff to do physically I mean, involved yeah i mean sam did a few bits didn't they? yeah I just, guys just log out log out <laughs> like just don't it's not worth it while we've been talking about that and everything else amity i actually finished the evolving series ipa and I'm, i think i quite surprised myself in that i enjoyed it I, I was a little bit sceptical, first of all. I will, I, will, I will say that to you, Russ, because I do judge things, I judge books by their covers. I'm astonished because <laughs> I, I was like, oh, it's fresh as hell, so I want to send it you. But I was like, oh, what am I in for at the same time? I could, that there are many hazy beers, murky beers that, that we get sent to try or that we end up drinking, and I get to the end of it and I'm like, it would be a real struggle to drink a second pint of that. I could have easily ordered a second one of those and, and, and had another one as, as well. It's a nice ABV as, as well, you know, 5.7. You could very much sit outside on a warm day and, and, and just enjoy a, a few of those very, very easily. Yeah. I preferred the version I was drinking last year at your tap room. Sure. Um, I don't think it was quite as uh, fruit forward. So maybe I've, I've also got that in the back of my mind as well. Um, I would, I would, I would, I enjoyed it, but I would struggle to drink a second pint of it. Whereas water pistol, I would have a second pint and Sunnybank, I would just drink pints. Yeah. 
Shadybank would be uh, definitely a go-to, a go-to beer to drink. Um, but your revolving series and then what you described at IPA does exactly what you said it would do. Yeah. So, you know, does what it says on the tin, which I think I may have said before at some point over the last six years. <laughs> I reckon so. Pe- people are now calling us out on the uh, things that we say <laughs> over and over again. So we... they've got bingo cards for the last one. That's that's what we were talking about producing. Yeah, bingo Lovely, cards yeah. for the, the the last shows. People could play along at home almost. <laughs> I think we mentioned earlier on that this is a very much a show of three parts. I, I I think this week. So first part all about us, as as you expect, it is our podcast after all. Uh, second part all about Russ and what's going on with Amity, and this third part of the show is well still kind of all about russ and what can only be described as probably one of the most amazing beery adventures that an individual could have undertaken now before we come on to that we've got some beers to match that adventure as as well so we're doing a couple of beers from the states one of them is one uh you brought back martin from your trip to new york recently yeah so i picked up um a few cans of the Allagash Swiftly IPA, 6.5%. Allagash are from Maine, and probably what they're better known for is the Allagash White. Um, we've all just poured this, and I think probably the first thing is it's a lot darker than we were expecting it to be. I mean, basically, it's a, it's a well, an amber, copper colour, um, which I, I definitely wasn't expecting. Um, and I haven't, so I haven't had this before. So the other cans I shared with you, the Lawson's Little Sip, I had tried that over there, really enjoyed it and thought, perfect one to share. This one is is new to me. I haven't tried this before. Can we just dive into it? Because I'm so excited by the colour of it that I, I just can't wait. Cheers. 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 It's just a lot of nods right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for those... Uh... For those listeners that can't see what we can see right now, we're all just sitting here nodding and appreciating so what we're drinking. So the back of the can actually says hoppy, malty, amber. Um, so I'm done with my tasting notes. Um, either of you two <laughs> want to come in with anything? I've got, literally got nothing to add to, to, to that. It is absolutely delicious. You, you, you get an initial big bitter hit on that first sip. There's something a little bit floral then going on with it and and then that just that just that bitterness and and the maltiness and oh it's delicious yeah it's got that kind of classic almost old now what's considered old school us ipa vibe to it you know bigger malt base a little bit sweeter but just this incredible citrus pine uh aroma and flavor it just keeps going it's amazing yeah, and also it's just the look. It's seriously, I'm still going with the look of it at the moment, because I mean, I would say in um, you know UK modern like the last couple of years, we've obviously quite rightly all gone mad for Oregon Trail, which is a really really light colour, even with a few little tweaks here and there. That's maybe changed appearance slightly, but like you say, Russ, this is in the what I would class as that proper old school category of of it, and it. It does bring a lot of character to it with that that <clears throat> malt profile. Yeah, it's it's Sierra Pale or Dale's Pale kind of colour territory for me. This, yeah, I, I think 
maybe a little bit darker than, mm-hmm. than Sierra Nevada. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think if you were to look at that, potentially you'd, you'd maybe think that was almost, the, it's almost the colour of a best bitter or an a ESB. Sp- a sparkled sure. ESB. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got a little bit of those sort of orangey marmalade quality to it as well. It's, that is, um, I'm really pleased I bought it back. I'm gutted I shared it. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, mate. Yeah, yeah. Hey, cheers, mate. How many shows have we got left? <laughs> can't can't come quick enough. Oh, you, got, we, the, you, you got the other one. He didn't even have to review it. Yeah. Okay, that's that's true. We, we did do a little trade, though, didn't we? Yes. To, to yeah, be fair, so. yeah, they, well, me and you did a trade, Russ. Well, well I've, I, I've, I've not been to I... America to share beers with you. Did you did you get Steve's in the post? Because I I don't think I got Steve's in the post. So. Uh, still waiting. Although yeah, still... before he says it, obviously Cigar City in one of my early shows did make an appearance. Nice. Your, it was your first show. It wasn't my first show, <laughs> and and it was it was it was the first show that we did. Was it? Yeah, not not the pilot episode. It was the first the first episode proper. Was Cigar City? Uh, was, was Cigar City freshly muled back from Florida okay, as well? Hard, okay, hard to argue. You see why we're getting divorced, can't you? Bought yeah, from the started. brewery. Honestly, <laughs> God, I can't blame anyone. Done with this shit. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, obviously, so I wanted to bring this one uh, because my beer adventure was more on the East Coast. Yeah. But naturally, for me, I wasn't going to pick up necessarily um, a quintessential New England East Coast kind of beer. Although, as I've said before, I think some of the ones I've had from, say, Trillium were so accomplished, so good. I was more than happy to bring those back and share them. However... As Steve has, as Steve has probably very little of how good your adventure was because he spent a lot of time muting you um, while you were on the West Coast, Russ. Yeah. Firstly, what may, what was it? Was there a reason? I mean, bearing in mind you're you've just you've launched the crowdfunding, and then you think I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to bugger off for thirty days. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, and and spend and try and mix up. So uh, go go with go with your partner, your your young child, yeah. and mix up doing touristy stuff and beery stuff and we're also going to focus on the beery stuff but was there a, was there a reason for it because if me and steve were doing it we'd spoke about this kind of thing like you know 50th birthday that kind of thing was there an occasion yeah so um hilariously he said um it's not rich- the 50th <laughs> yeah no no I, I i look really good for it though right yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but no the uh, originally it was uh, myself and my wife Fez. Um, we we were meant to go to New York, so we were almost meant to mirror your trip, uh, Martin, um, and and go to New York in April 2020, which oh. of course <laughs> couldn't couldn't quite happen for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of cashed our chips, obviously over the past over that year year and a half, uh, Rowan got a little bit older so we were kind of like look he's old enough to take out there and actually enjoy himself now why don't we instead of having like a little bit of a a city break kind of week why don't we actually make a go of this and and make it kind of trip of a lifetime style and um the timing of it was in a way, kind of good, kind of poor, because after the crowdfund, we were so tired. We just needed to get away and have a break. Um, but then poor, because we really wanted to get cracking on delivering 
everyone's rewards and things like that. But it, it actually suited everything because we started getting the um, the Amity uh, cards on order, with the T-shirts, all that kind of stuff. And you can't do anything while it's on order. You know, it's being made, so it takes takes a while. Um, so it was really nicely placed. Um, and, yeah, we had these four incredible weeks uh, out in the West Coast uh, of, of the US. We, we did a top-to-bottom tour of California, basically. Was I mean, it really oh. only four weeks? Because it, it, it felt like forever. It felt like every morning I'd wake up and see another set of amazing pictures from your trip. And I'd just be like, the, the, I'll tell you what, the amount of times my phone bounced off of the wall. Um, I'm surprised it's still working. I mean, it's, it's funny you say that, Steve, because most nights I would sort of finish at about midnight and I'd go, what is the best time to post something so that Steve will throw his phone at the wall? And, and that's, that's basically uh, how I timed my Instagram posts. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for, for making it all about me. You know, <laughs> as ever, uh, it's all about you. Uh, so, no, uh, we, we flew into San Francisco. Uh, we only had a, a mere three days. I could have stayed a lot longer uh, in San Francisco. Um, but then we took, we rented an RV, uh, a crazy 30-foot camper van. Uh, we took it up through Napa uh, and then to Chico. Uh, and we went to Sierra Nevada's original brewery. Oh, there, uh, goes then, there goes Steve's phone again. There it is. Uh, <laughs> that, that bounce was my skull <laughs> against the uh, the phone this time. Um uh, we had uh, five days in Yosemite. Right, let's uh, stop you there. So, go on. <laughs> How, so, you know, we've all, three of us have a mutual love yeah. and pretty much adoration for Sierra Nevada. Did you sort of go into the bar at Chico and just sort of go, I'm here? Yeah. It and was, look around um, and go, and then start touching the bar and I'm here? <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think um, I'm almost infamous for saying everything is great and wonderful all the time, but it it was magical. <laughs> like we, you know, you sort of you go into Sierra and um, the the tap room itself, gorgeous um, restaurant area, beautiful wood panelled and, and mirrors everywhere, and and you ask for a pail and it's three days old. And it's served in a nonic pint glass. And it's a pint, not not like a US pint. It's a pint. Sorry? Really? Oh yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's okay. a U it's a UK measured nonic pint glass. And um it tastes everything that you want three day old Sierra Nevada pale to taste. It was absolutely incredible. Steve's muted himself because <laughs> he's He's having a fit. It, it genuinely looks like he's having a fit right now. Um, but then um, that was great. And obviously the food in the restaurant's fantastic. So, but then I went on the brewery tour. And I think that for me was really eye-opening because Chico's not small. Like it's a huge brewery. Like it is insanely big. But at no point does it feel clinical or industrial uh, in any great way. You know, you, you're walking through, especially in the main brew house area, it's this, it's almost like this church dedicated to brewing. And it's like these beautiful hand painted tiles, wall to wall, 
uh, of the brewing journey around around the brew house and it's these giant copper vessels that are kind of set into the ground but yes there's a lot of automation there but there's also people hand shoveling sacks of oats into a brew and you, you know you're walking into the the hot freezer and as we know sierra it's not pelletized it's all uh, whole hop cones and you're invited to actually you know take some hops out of the cones and then do the whole rubbing thing and you're just like this is the best mosaic hops i've ever smelled in my like it's so experiential um the uh the lady that was running the tour anna um she'd worked for them for a number of years and uh took us to a kind of tasting afterwards and you know some of the beers you guys have actually featured on the show since which has been brilliant but highlight for me was the one of the beers we'll get to later but then also um sunny little thing because they do um obviously the little thing series which has only really just started to get over here to the uk wild little thing is the the slightly sour it's more tangy isn't it hibiscus uh sour but sunny little thing was amazing it's like a almost a mimosa wheat beer it's absolutely wonderful. It really blew me away on the tour uh, because this was quite a uh, very different beer from Sierra Nevada coming through. Um, and it had national distribution in the US. So you could pick it up anywhere you wanted. It was great. Um, so, yeah, so Chico is is pretty cool. Uh, and, you know, I spent far too much in the shop. Because you do. <laughs> <laughs> did you end up getting stuff shipped home or did you take it all with you? Yeah, so um, it, I looked into shipping things home and uh, sadly the, the only easy way to do it was an incredibly expensive way to do it. So I ended up shedding more clothes uh, in order to get things in the case. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad I did. I had um, uh, we, we did Chico, we did Yosemite Valley, which was absolutely wonderful. And then we uh, took the RV over to Pismo Beach on the coast and then down into L.A. And I think L.A. was probably my biggest surprise of the trip, if I'm honest, because I didn't really expect a lot from L.A. You know, I think general opinion of L.A. is that you don't generally have a lot of fun when you're there. Um but we were there for kind of a chill out week after the RV. Cause let me tell you a hot shower and air conditioning is the best thing after you've spent 10 days in an RV uh, together in close proximity uh, with each other. And uh, LA South LA uh, Long Beach specifically was just um, another little highlight of the trip for me because what I found in LA was almost what I'd really look forward to. And almost one of the things that me and Rich really wanted to have with Amity, which was everything is so community led. It was almost like we talk about brewery saturation here in the UK. And let me tell you, we're, we're not even close because when you've got sort of, a hundred breweries within the LA area. And yeah, they're sort of spread out to a degree, but you could be two streets away from a brewery. And and then the next brewery is just another two blocks over. Um, It's crazy how close everything is. Uh, And then spread out at the same time because it's the US. So land is 
is is cheap and and therefore everything's quite far apart. But I think I think the number one example I'd draw to is actually a brewery I'd never really heard of um, called Long Beach Beer Lab. Uh, they're based obviously in Long Beach in South LA, and you walk in and they obviously have their sort of twenty tap bar, but then they've also got a coffee roastery on site. Oh, and, lovely! That that sounds like heaven to me. But then they've got a kitchen that do their own pizzas and then it's a bakery so you can just buy sourdough like you could just walk in in the morning and buy fresh loaves every day and then they've got an event space upstairs that have a a comedy gig on that night and then you can just kind of sit down and enjoy and have a beautiful outdoor area as well it's it i think breweries to a point they were almost aiming to become like an amenity you know an amenity in in terms of the local community and like you're not just here for the beer you know you're here to enjoy yourself and have a nice time or or just come and have a coffee and then maybe come back later you know it's they're there to be multifunctional um and almost an asset to people that are around them and i thought that that was probably the most wonderful thing about what i saw um it's quite quite interesting you say that because my sort of east coast adventures i've had boston and new york of recent years uh that probably i felt i saw a bit more of that in boston than new york um and maybe that comes down to real estate prices land um being a bit more obviously a bit more built up especially in new york area sure um the ones i went to never felt like they were at the epicenter. I mean, I didn't manage to get too far out. Um, they'd gone for more, where can we set up? Where can we showcase? And again, number of taps is almost seems ridiculous, but most of the places I went to, if they had, if they didn't have double figures, it was like, well, that's a bit small, <laughs> you know, it's a bit of a rubbish list. Um, yeah. So yeah, when you, it's almost like you said, they obviously had 20 taps. Like, well, it is almost, obvious isn't it for a lot of the places you might try and go to but they do have that many taps i mean how did you find the uh sort of styles were they were they west coast leaning or were they fairly adventurous so the one you were talking about there what did they have did you get the feel that they had like a core range yeah they had other ones yeah i think um in the main everyone had two three styles that you'd hang your hat on every day of the week and then it was fairly experimental from there the the one thing that i know steve will again steve will uh, thoroughly love is that most breweries i walked into had an english mild uh, on tap which uh, <laughs> I, I personally wasn't ex- i wasn't expecting half of the time um but honestly i had um we had um he's gone Martin's in tears. I can't believe Steve's, Steve's I can't believe Steve's walked out before the divorce is final. <laughs> but I went down to so from um uh from LA we went down to well we, we were still in LA for Disney because my son turned four when we were out there. So what what more perfect a way to, to celebrate that than sort your uh, son, I would have gone to Disney anyway. We sure I mean, we'd have Come definitely on. gone, but I went, like I went, you know. I went to Disney um in California in 1989. <laughs> so I reckon there's a few new attractions since I last went. But yeah, well, I'm uh, my 
wonderful and amazing wife, for some reason, uh, decides to allow me a beery day uh, in Anaheim. So modern times have a, a tap room uh, in, in there. So that was kind of my number one um, first destination. But then I realised that Monkish, so this is the number one rated IPA brewery in the US, had just opened a tap room there. So I wandered up the road to the Monkish tap room and they've got an amazing selection of juice, as you might imagine, huge amount of double IPAs and triple IPAs and, and things like that. But a mild, a mild on draft in Monkish. And you're just like, what world have I stepped into? Where am I? So I, I, I clearly came back too soon. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve goes into this bar and not only does he look to the right and it's fruity, 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 <laughs> looks to the left, there's a mild. Yeah. It's just not what you expect from monkish. So um, I think I think overall it was kind of a lot of people playing to their strengths. And certainly the further south I went, the more West Coast stylistically it was going to get. So we moved on to L.A. We went to Escondido, went to Stoneworld Gardens. And obviously that's their that's their jam. Right. It's it's the West Coast powerhouse. And uh, we had an incredible meal and evening sitting by the koi carp pond because that's a thing that you have in your tap room uh and then and then down to san diego itself proper um and yeah west pizza port west coast ipas there swami incredible um but i would say more often than not people were playing to their strengths but then also trying to branch out as well and it was wonderful to see that i think rather than just 20 taps of various hopped West Coast mm. IPAs. Yeah. So how how was how was Stone? Well, so, well this is where me and Andy started missing each other because he, he was there earlier and then and then we turned up. But um yeah, Stone Stone it it was super odd because Escondido is not near anything at all. Um so we'd got like a, a two-night stay there, just a random little kind of hotel thing and you know we've got a taxi up to stone and you're almost a little bit concerned you're not in the right place because it almost looks like these um, black mirrored glass wall panel office buildings and the only inclination that you're there at stone is you've got a gargoyle above these very fbi looking double doors but you step foot through those doors and you're in a forest and it's the most Ah, uh, it's the biggest switcheroo you'll you'll ever have uh, at all. And yeah, you walk straight into the tap and it's this absolutely incredible, uh, I think there's at least 40, it might actually be a 60 tap bar. Um, and then looks out onto the, the huge brew kit there. But then you're outside as well. And it's it's like a rainforest. You know, you're, you're there with uh, a canopied, um uh trees and and um, canopies uh weirdly enough uh and and yeah pond in the center sort of flames coming up at various points it's it's genuinely almost like a disnified tap room but i think the biggest thing that i took away from it is that tap rooms don't need to be these sort of drab and warehouse experiences you know we, we'd already thought that from amity but this is this is really leaning the other way this is this is 
it was 550 covers outdoors. It's a huge area and it's all table service and the service is amazing. So people are there with you whenever you need them and they're not there when you don't. And, you, you know, you're effectively weighted on hand and foot and there's no brewery in the UK that, that does that at all. That sounds um, a lot like the Stone Berlin. I was going to say exactly the same thing. When, when Russ said you walked in and you walk into a forest, I'm like, you could see that that was exactly what they were trying to replicate with the Berlin building. Sure. Within, yeah. within a slightly different environment. Yeah. But even, I remember when uh, me, my brother, oh, I think it's both my brothers and no, one brother and one mate. And I said, let's do Berlin. We were part of a stag weekend. We rock up and they're not sure where I've taken them. And in all, all honesty, I was sort of going, hmm, am I in the right place? Because <laughs> yeah, Same here when we, we arrived, yeah. We've got, um, obviously not the glass building, but there's all this great big stonework, but it is on its own in this big park area. It's like, okay, I've dragged this out. We've paid a little bit on the, on the taxi. I really hope this place is open and serving beer now. And then, yeah, you went in and it, it was, and I've said it before, it was a cathedral, but then they did have the trees inside, loads of outdoor space, the brew kit. So it felt very similar, but what they, tr- well, what they tried to do, I think they achieved. And they, that was a 50 tap bar in Berlin. So it sounds like it was a smaller scale version of what they've got in, in, in the States. Yeah, definitely. It, there's so, the similarity, what you've said there, Russ, just brings back loads of similarities for me with the one in Berlin. And now I want to have a little, I want to have a little cry about the one in Berlin not being there anymore. Yeah, we're not we're not even going to talk about that. But what I do want to know, because clearly my envy is already as as as, <laughs> as, as deep as it's going to get right now, is you, you drank Stone IPA, yeah, yeah, fresh from the brewery. Yeah, I asked the guy, and it was it was a a, a one and a half day old keg. Yeah, I wish I'd never asked. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you did ask, Steve. <laughs> just yeah. just rush. Just tell me it was everything that you'd ever wanted in a glass yeah it was fine mate don't worry okay it was fine it's fine (laughs) love that just it's just fine look the 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 thing is is that the beer quality and i think again you know you i think you asked me before in terms of differences between uk and us and i think in terms of some of the stuff that the uk is doing it's completely comparable but then also you look at some of the stuff the us is doing and you're like yeah we're, we're still not there and we, you know, I think there are a couple of breweries in the UK that get really, really close with US quality West Coast stuff. I think we mentioned Andy already, but Oregon Trail for me is like that. If it's not in my fridge, something's really gone wrong. Um, and and there's a few others that, that are doing really amazing West Coast beers. But um, in the main... I would say we're still not there, and just in terms of the cleanness, and I think that's the, that's the oh, main. See, thing, that's the, the word, isn't it? That is the yeah. word. So, uh, so many times I had to stop writing it down when I was checking my beers in in America. But there is definitely there's a cleanness, yeah, to the especially to the West Coast inspired beers, and I, I don't know what it is. Is I don't know whether it's the water or whatever they're treating it, or how they're, they're, the accomplishment they've got. And you are right, there are so many good breweries over here, you know, if we're talking about West Coast IPAs. But there is such a cleanness so, to the American, especially the American 
West Coast inspired IPAs yeah. that you, you just makes you just want to carry on drinking it. I we, I, we went down to um, we went down to San Diego. One of the days we had, um, I just went on StubHub and bought tickets for the um, San Diego Padres, the baseball game that was happening that day because um, they they were playing at home and Pizza Port have a brew pub in in the stadium so we were drinking like fresh swami and it's just got this such this amazing like clean bit of snap to it and glorious sunshine day watching some crazy sport that you have not got a clue how it works is amazing it's basically the best six hours you're ever going to spend it was great well i i did some i, I drank a couple of american ipas and they were ones that you both sent me as well, so thank you very much, guys, for, for sending me those beers to drink. I, I literally drank those last night, and both of those, again, that was mine. That was the word that I, I kept wanting to put into my review, how clean the, the, the finish on them that, that them were. And and, and that's, that's the thing that I, I still think sets apart American beers to, to, to UK beers, is, is that 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 clean finish that clean profile that you get from beginning to end like, like you say russ i think there are some examples over here absolutely oregon trail being one of them and you know i, I think we've, we've gone on record a few times in in, in terms of our love for that maybe but maybe yeah, yeah possibly but <laughs> I, I, I think I think that's still the thing for me that, that that sets apart the US stuff from from what we're, we've got in the UK right now is is just that cleanness. Yeah, it's almost like when you talk about German and Czech lagers and they've got that kind of snap to them that it's it's almost intangible, but you know it when you're drinking it, and it's it's like the opposite to that, you know, in terms of clean, crisp you know slight bitterness to it and then it's intense citrus piney resinous but they've both got it and it's pro from what i can understand in my very limited capacity it's just process it's it is just process it feels like it should be something else intangible is quite a good way of describing it though to yeah. be fair because i every time i do go back to say it's one of the beers i would always look for is highlight yeah absolutely um, yeah. Because that is definitely one of those beers, which is the epitome of that cleanness of it. Yeah. Because it, it cuts off at the end with that dry bit of finish. Yeah. But all the way through it, it's clean and it's so easy and to drink. And you feel like it's probably, it feels like a really simple beer. And I'm, I'm sure it's not. Um, and it's definitely one of those ones which I'll go, yeah, I definitely want that from the tap. I yeah. definitely want that from the tap. Um, and again, that's not to say we can't do it and we don't do it. I do think it's definitely um, less prevalent yeah. over here in that kind of style of beer. So the West Coast or American Pale Ale, so it's either the IPA, the American Pale Ale, that sort of style, I find it difficult to find a like for like. Yeah. If I'm being honest. That's not to say there's not loads of those styles over here, but I, I do like. There's definitely something about them that still sets them apart a little bit but i suppose are we also you know did you right sorry steve um <laughs> did you try any of the mild yeah yeah no i, I did yeah um and how are they doing that uh, compared to our? Oh. i think um 
I think I'm not educated enough in the style to to provide a a reasonable opinion of it because obviously you've got uh, the inventors of mild over here boxcar. You've got um, <laughs> you know you you've you've obviously got some trad guys as well trying to trying to do the stuff. Steve's gone again. Um, you know you, you've got a lot of a lot of people who are kind of bringing that to the forward again and as a style and I have nothing against it because in in its place and if you're in the right place to drink that style I, I actually think it's delicious I think I think it's really good I think it's great with food and I think that's what a lot of people are missing with it um, but I think out in the US they're they're effectively using what they've got with it right so they they're they're whacking a load more darker malts into it, but they're still using quite US hops. And I think that's where they're falling over because if you're really looking at mild as a true style, it's, it's UK, right? It's yeah. UK hot style. Um, and I think that the people that are doing it deliciously over here are using proper UK hops. So, uh, for example, Kirkstall um, in my neck of the woods, they've just re uh, re-brought out a load of, ancient recipe so these are we're talking 100 year ago uh when kirkstall was sort of founded and things like that uh they're calling it their prize ale recipes and they're only on cask and they've kind of got i think they've got three they've got like a, a blonde they've got a mild and then they've uh they've got a uh, a bitter of some kind um and the mild's delicious but it's it's almost like too light to be a mild if that makes sense it, it tastes like a really good golden summer ale for me um so i really enjoy that but um i think when when i picture mild in my head it has to be a little bit darker a bit more fruit led a bit more raisiny malt led you know uh, sweet malt yeah led. no uh, agreed i think there's definitely um those kind of flavors and aromas more on the malt leading side of it sure. and and the yeast and then the uk hop varieties coming yeah. to it you want a bit of blackberry, you want a bit of brambling in yeah. there or whatever. That's, yeah. prob- that's probably a bit enough about mild because yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how we're still talking about fucking mild. I really don't. Steve, Steve's turned off. I thought <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make it. In a, I've just got a big tick list here and bring <laughs> mild into the show. That's the. Uh, yeah, do you know? Do you know what, Steve? There was no mild in any of those tap rooms. He's just <laughs> he just made the whole shit up for you. <laughs> of course, of, of course, he has. No, gen- genuinely, couldn't have been more shocked. Modern times in Anaheim in in LA. Monkish in LA as well, both had mild on draft, and I couldn't have been more shocked. And I think what I love to see more at that is that they're still giving nods to where Bring Heritage has come from, and I think that's brilliant. I really do. I, d- I don't know about you two, but I finished my Allagash. Mine went ages ago. Yeah, I, 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 I did I, notice. I, I, I thoroughly in, enjoyed that. That's right up my street in terms of uh, a, an IPA. Yeah, it, it does tick every single box. It does. And going to go with another one. Dangerous for its ABV. Very. Yeah. Six, six, six and a half percent. Six and a half percent. You could smash that all day long, didn't you? Yeah, because it didn't feel like it. It was definitely so well-rounded and clean. Uh, I could definitely have done a few more of those. I think I think to coin a phrase that uh, Russ very much used the last time he was on, pints are achievable on, on that one. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So uh, we have one more beer as we yeah. as we start to wrap up the beery adventures of the US. Um, this is definitely your choice. 
mm. uh, Russ, and it may come as surprise to no one, but it's from Sierra Nevada. So, <laughs> which beer is it, and what made you choose it? Yeah, so this this beer is uh, Powder Day IPA uh, from the the very glorious Sierra Nevada. Um, it it it's a it's a strange one. I, I'm sure everyone in the world uh, who listens to this show expected me to just bring fresh pale back, um, but I, I feel like we have waxed all the lyrical possible about pale. So I thought I'd change something up, and this beer actually was the one that really shocked me from Sierra Nevada because this is uh, it's not their current seasonal it's the one that's just just before what they're kind of tooting now um but this is it's a double dry double dry hop pale uh, from Sierra and a double dry hop area that pours clear as oh, a bell and doesn't it fuck i mean seriously it's these ridiculous. days i used to get so excited about the, the letters DD before an IPA until it became murky. And look, yeah, at it, 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 beca- it became synonymous with being hazy or murky, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, but look at it. I, I know it, it, it does look, it looks stunning. It looks wonderful in the glass, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a beautiful color. And basically, from what I understand, they've just hopped the crap out of it with mosaic. And that's. It's, you know, it's one of my favourite hops. Um, and there was no beer that came closer to me in my entire journey that encapsulated the word dank, which is such a hard word for anybody to uh, either <laughs> understand or even explain to somebody. But this beer absolutely was that, uh, in that it just smelt so deep and dark and dank and weedy um, and grassy. And no, no, carry on, Russ. Right, carry stop, on. Stop, stop talking. Carry on. Let me drink. <laughs> For fuck's sake, let me drink this beer. Cheers. Yeah, so Cheers. that's, uh, it's a very sessionable 7.7% as well. So. Uh, you carry on talking, Russ. Me and Steve are just going to sit back. Um, I can see Steve's face. Um, yeah, I suppose, you know, you said before about intangible dankness is very hard, I think, yeah. to describe. Uh, everything you said, yeah, but it has, again, it's got that fucking cleanness about it. And it's also got, um, it's got Sierra Nevada through it. Yeah. It's you, you could you could pick that out as being a Sierra Nevada beer. Much, much, much like we've we've said so often about beers like 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 from Adnams and Fuller's that that you instantly know it's one of their beers because it's got kind of their signature to it this is this is exactly the same this is this has got Sierra Nevada written all over it yeah it's 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 running through that beer isn't it yeah it's almost like almost forget about all the other descriptors it's got Sierra Nevada running it's got Chico running through it it's that is that is how I want a double dry hop beer to be. Yeah. This this is the benchmark that I now put all double dry hop beers to. Okay, you're gonna be sorely disappointed in the future. And so something something for me that I found uh unusual. I think we talked about the differences between US scene, UK scene, and grocery 
you could buy this beer in six packs wherever you wanted, wherever you wanted. And that's whether that was a 7-Eleven or, you know, an, an actual bottle shop, for example. Okay, I think Steve's phone is broken again. <laughs> they se- No, but they celebrate grocery out there. They celebrate distribution. And I think in terms of one of the things that's really not similar about the UK is that the minute you do start to see some success and some distribution here in the UK, there's a negative connotation with that. You know, yeah, it's looked down absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's a bit like, um, you know, that band they used to love when they used to just do the circuit. They went, yeah. and, they went and fucking earned some money. Would you believe it? I can't how believe do, how they're really popular. Yeah. How, how yeah. dare they work really hard for a long time yeah. to try and see some success? And I, th- I think it's more of a cultural thing, right? US American dream versus, you know, we love cues over here. So it, it's a, you know, the, the, there's a comparison there in terms of attitude towards success. I Speaking think. about like getting out to uh, the grocery, uh, when we talk about grocery, we're not talking about the small grocery shops, are we? You know, uh, I think Steve mentioned it when God we no. did do that cigar city that um, he went to Safeway and found all these amazing beers in the fridge. Yeah. Um, I, I found the same when I went to New York. All the beers were in fridges, bar, yeah. I think, a few of the Goose Island bottles. Everything else was in fridges, whether that be single, four packs or six packs or 12s. There is definitely a different culture in that respect. I mean, I know you're on the West Coast, so they should be in fridges. <laughs> yeah, God, they yeah. need to be. You know, um, um, they have to be. But there's definitely, a, there's, it does take it to a different level. And, you know, you see... I can understand that, you know, going back to what you said earlier, you just kept on chucking away clothes. Um, I went down to Whole Foods the last yeah. morning before we left. We had quite a nice afternoon time flight. I'd already picked up a few specials elsewhere, but my main bulk of my shopping and cans definitely helps on bringing beers back these days compared to bottles, I have to admit. And I bought this whole load of stuff and I thought, I think I can fit it all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I might have to put some of the laundry into the carry-on now. And I'm hoping, really hoping they don't actually start looking in the bag when, when I do that. Because there was just so much. And the and again, because we've we've all maybe got involved in maybe buying the odd US import every now and again. Sure. You see these prices when you're over there and you go, oh my God. I think I sent a picture to Steve of, you know, the big cans. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think there was High Lie, wasn't there, Steve? Oh, yeah. And uh, the hazy little thing, but the bigger version. And they were like $3 something. It's like, oh, I just wanted to swipe the shelves there and then. <laughs> I think there's, there's there's a couple of, again, sort of more memories popping into my head, really. But um, again, gutted I didn't get to spend more time in San Francisco. You know, we'd just flown in. We, we were still pretty woozy from, from the huge flight and things. But we got an Airbnb for a few days. So we're kind of stocking up and there's a Whole Foods around the corner. Same as yourself, Martin. And um, Pliny is on the shelf in Whole Foods. And you're like, it's $3 for a, a 500 ml bottle of Pliny. And you're just like, well, this is obviously insane. This is, I'm, I'm not in reality right now. Like, and you look at the, you know, you look at the, the bottle and you sort of go, right, when, when was this bottled? Oh, it was... <laughs> It was eight days ago, and you're like, it's been kept in a fridge. It's cold chain, cold chain the whole way. It's it's fab. So that that was really amazing. Also in San Francisco, a brewery called Fort Point, 
um, they were really special to me because they actually featured in the uh, brand design document that me and Tom put together when we were trying to design what Amity would look like. So they're worth looking up, but their beer is also very good. So they had Kolsch in cans, which was absolutely absurd. Um, and then I think other things in terms of the beer side of things when you're out there is that like you care a lot less about um, what's the right way to put it in context with uh, independence is, is much less of a battleground than that. I think they would make you believe out, out there. And I think beery people, certainly in terms of the people that I connect with on beer Twitter, for example, M Sorter or Michael Kaiser, for example, good beer hunting. They don't like, if they want to go and drink Miller High Life, they'll go and drink Miller High Life. They do not give a monkeys about the repercussions of doing so. But we were halfway through Yosemite and we were just stopping off to get a few things from the local grocery store and They've got these 19.2 ounce cans. So they look like a bazooka. Let me put you into that kind of context um, of Modellarito. Now, have you heard of this? Modellarito. It's a thing. So it's effectively Mexican lager, Mexican light lager mixed with X. So it could be fruit. It could be uh, chilies. It could be lime and salt. It could be as a real mix of stuff. Um, but you just, yeah, you buy a couple of cans and that's your evening. You just sit out there in the sunshine. Everything is very contextual. So you have a lovely time because you, you're having a lovely time. What you don't do is think about where the beers come from. You don't think about who's making it you know, you think this is very delicious and refreshing and I'm having a lovely time. And I think that is almost the subtitle to my beery adventure, I think. I find that really interesting, what, what, what you're saying there about in, in terms of they, that they care less uh, about what, what, what they're drinking because I, I, I do find that that's, that's very much one of the toxic sides to beer. In, in, in the UK and that you can only, if you're involved in the beer scene, you can only be seen to be drinking something that's independent or I'm not going to say the word, but it begins with C. And I, 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 I mean, I experienced that over, over this past weekend when it was really hot, I put, I put a pole up. I just, saw just, just for a bit yeah. of fun. You know, I was, we were going out drinking with friends it wasn't it wasn't about the beer and we got at least at least two comments from twats about or oh, what are you even these days sort of thing and i'm like that's that that wasn't the purpose of the poll it it, it was asking what what you'd do in that situation now that the, the, the pub i was going to it was a mile and a half walk i knew i was going to be hot and sweaty by the time i got there yeah. and i knew i wanted something refreshing but yeah. you know you know the thought from some parts of the beer community that i may dare to drink something that wasn't hand crafted for me was you know it's just get over yourselves i still can't believe stella didn't win 
I feel uh, I'm fully vindicated because I vote voted for the winner, so uh, I'm I'm right there. Well, I, I actually didn't end up drinking, that, that. <laughs> I, and, and I just I just did, did end up drinking the, the the Prava, which I didn't even know was an option at the time. But I, I think the thing for me is that certainly in terms of when I was out there and you know we were in the RV and and things like that, we had loads of great craft beer. You know, we had Dogfish, sixty minute IPA in cans and. We had, sake, Russ. Will sorry, you stop mate. it? Uh, Firestone 405. <laughs> By the way, blonde, uh, Firestone Blondale 405. Absolutely incredible beer. Um, don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but, Literally um, don't care anymore. <laughs> but, but also, it was alongside a lot of things like uh, Miller High Life, which is delicious beer. Like, it's very, very delicious and well-made. Uh, and then cause banquet, for example, which is like the almost the equivalent of that. You know, it's like a golden lager. You know, there's a lot more higher malt percentage in there, um, but equally refreshing. And you know, one of the first things that I did when I got back to the UK was I, I rang up a friend of mine who who's the uh, cause rep for our area, and I, I was just like, right, can I get get a couple of cases for the team please is is that okay kind of thing because the good weather's coming up and like it'd be great to have that out on the terrace uh as a team drink thing but i, th- I think you know obviously there will always be that subsection of the beer community that really care about independence and and it, i'm not saying it's not important because i think it is important but what i'm saying is what is less important is judging people for what they drink I think that that is where beer Twitter gets it highly wrong because ultimately if you're having a delicious beer and you're enjoying it and you're talking about it, I think that's far more important um, than, than where it ultimately came from. Uh, couldn't, couldn't agree more. And it sort of comes back to that thing with what Steve and I have said before. Sometimes it's just time and place yeah. and, and, and the beer lends itself, um, you know, Guinness being one, you're in Dublin, Guinness, airport, Guinness. Um, yeah, and if you're with a, a group of people that you like, love, then what you're chucking down your throat doesn't necessarily um, irrelevant, isn't it, amount really? to as yeah. much as the people you're with. Like you say, it becomes a little bit more irre- irrelevant. If you care that much, great. Then carry on caring if you feel that strongly about it, doesn't mean you should necessarily go against other people. So yeah, I completely agree. Um, and I can, I mean, if I say you had, you had an RV, you were in Yosemite, you went to all these places. So it's almost sometimes I would have just sat there and gone, Oh my God, I'm sitting here <laughs> looking at this sky or this beach. It's a cold beer. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm aware that Steve's phone is hovering in terms of being aimed at my head, but you know, you've got, you've got the sun going down over Yosemite and you're sitting there with a, like a, a screw top uh, bottle of um, cause banquet and it's super cold. You're enjoying everything that's happening. The four-year-old is asleep which is a major plus. <laughs> uh, and, you know, you, you've just cooked a steak on a, on a, on a barbecue and you're kind of like, I feel pretty freaking great right now. Like, you know, there's, there's not, 
not many top moments that are gonna, gonna go further than that. So no, completely, completely. Agree. I, I couldn't I, look. I can't recommend um, the West Coast because it is the best coast. Obviously, of course, um, more to anyone um, to to go and do it. You know, I was very lucky. You know, very very lucky to experience as much as it. Uh, uh, in California that I did but um, I think if if anyone was going to go there for a very short break I'd, I'd definitely go to sort of the San Diego the lower lower part of it and if you're able to go out and have a longer break then definitely try and do a coastal coastal trip because you know there's so many different cities and they feel so different as well which is incredible um, and if anyone need, if anyone wants a travel agency advice, Russ can be contacted at. <laughs> yeah. it, it sounds amazing, Russ, and it, it, it does. It, it looked like you was having a fabulous time, and it sounds like you're having a fabulous time. And thank you so much for sharing that with, with, with us as well, and also for for the, the, the beer as well. This that the Sierra Nevada is tasting particularly good at, at, at the <laughs> we, end we, of this show. We didn't talk about it on the show. Obviously, you guys drank it, I think, a night or two nights before. But the the Modern Times double West Coast IPA was particularly fantastic, I think. So, uh, yeah, that helped me on my personal road to ruin last night. Um, (laughs) But it was incredible. It was it was it was really tasty. There's not very much left in my glass. So we've got a few other bits that we need to just talk about before we finish off this week's show. And mostly that's about us again. So let's bring it full circle. Uh, we are in the end game now. We are approaching the last few shows of the podcast. And we've got a couple of things just to remind you about. So we've got the final show coming up in a couple of weeks. The The, the response from you, our listeners, to being part of that show has been absolutely overwhelming. And to the point where we've had to that actually now close off those, those slots. We've got as many of you on as we think we can get. It's going to be carnage, for, 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 certainly for Martin and I, um, go, going through that evening. But we are very much looking forward to in, enjoying a few beers with everybody that's um, put their names forward for, for, for that. You will hear from us in in the week running up to that final show. So we're going to be recording that on Friday the 15th of July. You'll hear from us that week. What you'll get is you'll get a Zoom code and we'll let you know whether you're on, on your own or whether you're with someone else and who you're with and what the format's going to be. So, so keep uh, an eye out for that when it comes through. And obviously just a reminder at this point about Undisputed Era, which is our homage to Sierra Nevada which we recently went and brewed down with Leon C. That is available exclusively now for you, our listeners, to pre-order to to make sure you get those beers in time for the release of the final show. The links are in the show notes. There are two packs available. So Leon C have put together a mixed 12 pack, which includes six cans of Undisputed Era, plus a can of Legra, Pier Train, Cockerow Spit, Two Tree Island, Legra X number four and SS9. That, 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 so that's 12 pack in total, six, six undisputed areas and, and, and a mixed six, and that's 45 pounds. And then there's also um, packs of undisputed era that, that, that you can buy. You can buy it singly 
uh, at 425 a can you can get six cans for 24 12 cans for 45 or 24 cans for 72 pounds the links are in the show notes for those when you get to the checkout if you use the code beer o'clock leon c have also fantastically given us free delivery for our listeners as well so get in now there aren't many cans available i think the number's about 2000 isn't it martin is what matt said to us um you've got a four-day window from when this show goes live over it going on general sale to the public on the following monday which i think is the 27th of of june so if you want to get some undisputed era and you want to join us for that show um that's your opportunity to do so as i say the, the the links are in the show notes please click through on them what are our final thoughts on the Powder Day IPA then, other than it's fucking incredible? Final thoughts? Where's the second can? <laughs> that's, that's all I've got to add. I mean, it's, it's great, isn't it? 7.7%. It has got such pints of achievable quality about it. Um, Doesn't really, taste anywhere near 7.7 as well. No, it's really hard not to carry on waxing lyrical about either US beers or especially Sierra Nevada in particular, but they fucking know what they're doing, don't they? I reckon so. Just just a little bit. Apart from that, um, yeah, they definitely know what they're doing. It's it's a really good one to share, Russ. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank, thank you so much, Russ. Thanks, really thanks appreciate you sharing, yeah, the, the, well, sharing the Sierra Nevada and, and the modern times beer, which was equally as delicious, yep. but didn't quite make it to the show. Um, thank you also for the latest Amity releases and for some previous Amity releases, including Dan S's greatest beer of all time, which I've still not got to try. It's, it's still in my fridge, but I, I do intend to, to try that soon. And maybe I'll give it a 4.5. I'm, I'm, excited for your, uh, I'm excited for your perfect in every way 3.5 review. <laughs> Exactly, exactly <laughs> that. Um, Martin, what is coming up on the... Well, the next show is the penultimate show, and it is the final Us show. So it's the last time that our listeners will be able to get themselves some s and action. Yeah, it is the, is the next Marks and Spencer show. Um, so, but we are going to launch, briefly, the Rantometer. I cannot wait for the Rantometer. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say about yeah, it. That's it. We're, that's it. But we're going to have a lot of fun on, on that next show with that, aren't we? Yeah. It's just you, me, and the Rantometer. Yeah, brilliant. Russ, thanks once again. Um, it's been great for you to come back. And actually, to be our final guest as, as, as well, thank you so much. Thank you for all the support that you've given to, to, to the show as as Amity the Brewery, but also as an individual, because I know that you've been a, a listener of, of, of what we do for a long time. So we do appreciate that. Thank you ever so much for joining us this week. No, thank you, chaps. And I think um, a big thank you to you both, because you've been a big support for Amity. Uh, over the past two years and I don't I don't really know what more I can kind of add other than the four pages of comments and messages uh, that that you uh, made me sing for my supper uh, uh, earlier this evening I, I, I just think I think um, you'll go and you'll 
you'll take your time. So it's, it's like uh, to to give it an Avengers reference, right? It's when uh, Thanos, you know, his work is done and he hangs up his uh, cowl and his uh, helmet on his on his huge double-edged sword. And I think you'll you'll kind of do similarly. You know, you'll you'll go work off your farm at the end. Um, but I think what you do need to appreciate is the fact that not just myself, but a lot of people come here weekly and two weekly and they they come and listen to you guys for a reason. It's because you're, you're very articulate and you're very listenable and you're very educated, actually, about what you say. And um, what's brilliant for a lot of people, I think, is how you don't talk to people in a pretentious manner and you talk to people in a way that's very listenable and very understandable for the lay person. And I think that's what beer should be because beer is not a pretentious beverage and it's not a pretentious thing to, to be involved with. And it should be something that people enjoy and can talk about and um, have uh, an enjoyable time listening and, and chatting about. And you've been great over the past 10 years, guys. And thank you so much for everything you've done. Thank you very much, Ross. Thank you, Ross. Cheers. Cheers. And um, yeah, before I can't speak anymore, thank, thanks to all of our listeners for, for joining us once again this week. And we'll look forward to sharing some more opinions with you soon. Cheers. 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 There goes the last great American dynasty. Who knows if she never showed a book